Let's make it a quick one. It's a, it's a downer of a day. I don't know what to say about it. I'm just pissed off. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Might be a good way to intro it. Welcome back. Welcome in to the Lion's Share podcast. It's a sad day. It's a bad day. The Lions fall 28-13 to 13 on the road to their divisional foe, who are the Chicago Bears. The Windy City gets it done. Uh, as per usual on the Lion's Share podcast, we're not going to beat a dead horse. We're going to go a little bit quicker with this episode, a little less to talk about on a loss. And uh, look forward to what's coming for the Lions as we are down the home stretch. Four games remaining for the Lions. Could have really used a W today to seal off that NFC North. But uh, the Lions are going to have to continue that good fight. Packers in action on Monday Night Football yet to be seen from what they will produce. But the Vikings victorious in an ugly, ugly one. Three to nothing today over the Raiders. And we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the Lions here. We'll go Lions and finish with NFL Week 14 in the week that was so let's go into it andrew um this is tough these are always tough and uh, it's part of the part of the gig here as a podcast where we got to be here for the wins and losses alike but these ones always suck um i almost want to say that we could have seen this coming they've been playing poorly over the last stretch right pretty much ever since the bye this team actually has gotten worse since the bye which is usually the opposite with good teams you want them to win out of the bye the lions did win out of the bye they beat the Chargers, but looking back at that game and what the Chargers have done this year, not that impressive uh, with a three-point win over the Chargers. So, huh, it's just a tough one. Not very complimentary football out there. Once again, the Lions just couldn't put four quarters together. Yeah, this is uh, probably the first loss of the season where I'm coming out of it feeling feeling really, really bad about it. Um, I think I've lost, uh, I, don't, I won't say all of it, but... Listening to Dan talk about this loss after the game, yeah, lost a little bit of confidence. Um, feels like he doesn't really know what to do. He just keeps saying, yeah, we're just going to keep the course. We know what we're doing. Got to stay disciplined. It's it's a broken record. You alluded to it. We've heard it so many times. There's another answer out there somewhere, and, and it's, what do we say? We say stinky. And Dan sounds like a broken record with no answer for what's happening. Yeah, he sure does. And this is what he sounded like the whole time. But let me ask you this. You still got full trust in, in old DC and Brad Holmes? Uh, I, I've got the full trust. You know, would love to have seen uh, Brad make some more moves there before the trade deadline. You go against Montez Sweat today. Uh, tough to see that happen. Um, so would have loved some backup offensive line help as well instead of going and getting veterans at every chance. Like I, I alluded to it last episode, feels like we're penny pinching when we don't need to be. Um, and, and really kind of the depth at this point has hurt us because realistically, even on those opening drives, uh, Fields hurt us with his legs. But all the guys were in the right place at the right time to make a play. And just couldn't capitalize, whether it be an open field tackle or a solo tackle or just him being or fields being shifty. They just found a way to get out athleticized. 
Very well said. And to to the to their credit, they did clean it up after those first couple drives. Fields with like fifty eight yards in the first two drives rushing, and then that's all what he, that's what he ended up with. So they did lock it down. The defense played okay down the stretch, um, but this was a team, the Bears, that. Who could forget their most recent matchup against the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football in primetime for the whole world to see? The Bears didn't score a touchdown in that game. They scored 12 points on four field goals, did not score a touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings, and then they come out here and have arguably their easiest drive, their quickest drive, boom, 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 down the field, first first drive of the game. And I might add to this, the Bears wanted the ball. The Bears won the toss and took the ball. Most of the time, nine times out of ten, teams take that and they defer they want to go on defense first. Uh, no, that's just kind of shows you what the confidence level in these teams that go up against the Lions defense has, right? They think, no, we want the ball. We want to set the tone early. We know we can probably go down and score seven. And uh, that's just been the MO for the Lions. Um, you harp on it each and every week in the preview show, Andrew. They spot teams points. And that's what they did this week. And that's what they've done the last couple of weeks since the bye. Uh, they were looking pretty good before the bye in that department about not spotting teams points, getting out, scoring first, and not digging themselves into a hole. But here it is, rearing its ugly head. And uh, I thought that was interesting. The Bears decided to take that ball, take the ball first. That is a really good point you bring up. Uh, it, it might be a recipe that a lot of teams are kind of putting together. You know, if you can get this team in a track meet, you know, Dan said it last year when we were playing the Dolphins, don't want to get in a track meet with these guys. And that's exactly what we went out there and did. And that's kind of just been proven week in and week out. If you get this team in a track meet, you can beat them late. But if you, if their defense hunkers down and gets a couple good stops and gets confidence behind them, they can look like world beaters. So so our defense can look, like I say, at wor- like world beaters at times if they get them co- themselves confidence early on. I, I would you know reference them to Andre Drummond, if you ever remember him playing for the Whoa. Pistons. If he scored early, you fed him early, and he scored early right away in that first drive, he had all the confidence in the world. He was going to do a lot of good things that night, him and Reggie. But if he thought he got fouled or he missed a bad shot or he, it, whatever happened, it was a complete head case and couldn't turn it around. And it feels like this whole team has that mentality. That's an all-time reference for me right there. No idea that was ever going to come down the, 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 to put the pipe there. But I think you're right. And I think, uh, you know, who's really in that department, too, is Jared Goff. Um, he doesn't he is not a head case like Aaron Drummond is or Andre Drummond. But Goff's the type of player that when he throws a pick or has issues, gets sacks, whatever it may be. That really hurts his confidence when he's not confident. And that's what we're seeing out of him right now. It, he just doesn't look good out there. And it's it's I mean, we joked about it at first um, with the contract talks impacting his play. But I. I I really am starting to believe that. I'm starting to buy into my jokes here about his play because that's about time it happened. Uh, ever since the bye, we just we just we've seen a different golf. It's like we're he's playing scared out there. I don't know. Maybe he's got a nagging injury that we don't know about, but he just he doesn't look like himself out there. He seems nervous. He seems scared. He feels like he's or it looks like he's out there trying not to make mistakes. Well, we we did learn. One thing about him today, and luckily that's our last game outside, you know, he went the Teddy Two Gloves route today, so maybe a grip issue today. But, you know, I will give him credit the last time. I'm pretty sure it was the last time we saw the Bears where he had all those picks. He came out like a gunslinger, didn't let it get to him. Shooter's mentality went right back to work. So as far as the confidence department, I'll give him some credit when it comes to that. 
but it's almost a flip-flop from last season when they went on that late late season run. The turnover battle was the biggest thing, and specifically the turnovers from Jared Goff himself, whether it be throwing an interception or just flat out putting the ball on the ground. He's really good at doing that as well. Saw that with a little miscommunication from Glasgow at center today. Just, you know, at all different points, it feels like he's a turnover machine. And last year when they went on that run, we were great. Almost no turnovers from Goff. And it was flip-flop from early season to late. And now this season, it's all flip-flopped. He was great early in the year. He's back to that turnover king at this point. Yeah, we had that one throw. Texted you guys about it. That one across the middle. I can't remember who it was to, what a point in the game. But it's like, oh, maybe that's where the confidence gets built from, right? And and I guess maybe I am too, being a little too hard on him, hard on old JG. You're right. Maybe it isn't so much the confidence. It's just other things. Uh, but uncharacteristic from Goff, not what we've seen over the last year and a half. Um, and it, a lot of people, the, the chatter is getting louder and louder by the week, the more he struggles about the decision on the off off season and what you do with Hendon and Teddy and, and Jared, of course. So that's going to be a big topic and, and hopefully we'll see him turn things around and, and get back to that golf of old. Um, I'll say this too. And I don't, I, I, I don't remember what point in the game it was later in the second half for sure, where he almost, he almost had another pick, right? He had that, that throw um, where he was deceived into throwing it and uh, nearly had a pick there. And the other thing is, um, all all year for the Lions, it just seems like the I don't want to call them unlucky because that's that's not what I'm saying. But these balls that fumble that that bounce around and conversely offensive and defense, they're not catching any breaks on these on these bounces defensively or offensively. A lot. Of, I mean, how many times this year have we seen teams fumble on defense only for them to recover it? Um, it's just like they just can't catch a break out there, and and that's the big thing for me is you got to be strong in that face of adversity like you said it it don't get down on yourselves you got to be strong and dan's got to be the one that that leads him ultimately and all of that right he's the one that gets him ready and so i think that's to your point about broken record yeah it's like look we know that they weren't buyers at, uh, at the free agency trade or at the trade deadline right they needed they need some players let's be honest the guys that are out there they got a, a lot better team than they did last year in terms of the player uh at each level However, there's still a lot of holes. There's a lot of holes on defense, uh, a few less holes on offense. Um, but that doesn't make up for the turnovers, the penalties, and the little things. And that, the biggest one of all is just not being able to put four quarters together all season. We haven't really seen it. Like the second quarter, that was what we need all, all four quarters, all four, four phases, right? That The second quarter in this game, the defense got a three and out. The offense went down and scored. Like, there's your complimentary football. It's too often that the defense is doing enough, but the offense isn't doing enough. Or it's the offense doing enough, but the defense is not doing enough. We saw it in the second quarter. Like, that's what you needed to do all four quarters. They just couldn't do it in four quarters. And I think the biggest thing for all that was the third quarter. They had just come off of a defensive stop in the second quarter. They scored right before the half. They had a beautiful drive where they bled the clock, left Chicago with no timeouts, Nothing to do on offense, so it goes into half. You've got to score out of the half. They've had really bad third quarters this whole year. That's been their MO, and it happened again today. I was hoping this would be the point where they shake it. 
You can't come out of the third quarter and not score one, but you really, really, really can't have a 50-second drive where you go three and out and only take 50 seconds off the clock. That's the last thing you can do. Yeah, okay, maybe they only get a field goal. Yeah, okay, maybe they get some first downs, but they don't score. You can't go three and out, 50-second drive. That's killing all the momentum that you built in the second quarter, and that's where the big turning point was in the game for me. Obviously, there were some calls down the stretch in the third and the fourth quarter that we'll get to, but that was where it was for me. Uh, Ben, I'm so glad you mentioned it. It's controlling that clock. You talk about it all the time, that time of possession, key factor for them. But one of the bigger things for me was the penalties as well. You know, the heart of this this offense is leaning on you with that offensive line and, and wearing you down over the course of a game. And then essentially that's when they earn that time of possess, possession uh, win because they can just run it late down the stretch. So many times they would come out for a series and get behind fast due to a stupid penalty. Offside, the legal format, a lot of dumb penalties today self-inflicted wounds so they couldn't they couldn't get the run game going you know never really got started because then you're first and 15 first and 20 several times today and then the other thing you didn't really see is because they couldn't get that run game going they couldn't get any of those deep balls going because if they were always in passing situations pretty key for the for the defense to key in on that but the other big thing that we missed today was Laporta. Brock Wright, those mid-range catches. And the other big one, St. Brown. I don't know how many times we watched him drop the ball today. And it's just, whether it be from from a hit he was taking while simultaneously trying to catch it, whatever it may be, some low. Those mid-range ones that open the run back up and allow them to get back into their flow is what they were missing. 100%. 100%. Three catches for Josh Reynolds, 44 yards. That's your leading receiver. it's tough. And Laporta, two catches, 23 yards. Laporta looked with a big catch right off the bat early. Uh, I don't know if it was the first drive or second drive or where it was, but it was in the first quarter. I uh, thought thought that was the the recipe for the day, and I thought they'd go to him, they'd feed him. But two catches today. He had six targets, only two catches. Um, so they were going to him. But I'm around St. Brown, yeah, three targets, three catches. Um, that's really low. Uh, that's back-to-back games where Amon Ross kind of had a lower stat day. I'm hoping that he can turn that around because it's just uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic from this team. Uh, but you mentioned running the ball. I mean, that was kind of like the shining silver lining of this, I guess. They Gibbs and Montgomery both had um, 66 yards even, respectively, on the ground. 11 carries for Gibbs, 10 for Montgomery. Um, so both averaging six-plus yards per carry on on their day. So, like... Running the ball, and obviously some of that's because of Gibbs' long 36-yard run, but like they were running the ball okay. I think it, more for me, it was Ben Johnson and the play calling in the first and second. Like The one time they went first down and 10, no gain on a run, and then second down and 10, run right back to it for a negative one-yard rush. It was like, look, I, I, I have so much respect for Ben Johnson and what he does. I think he's going to be a head coach someday. I don't know if it's going to be next season, but at some point he will be a head coach, I'm sure. Um. So, uh, you know, he, we, we give him a lot of credit and credit where credit is due. But um, the predictability and I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, I guess. But I, I guess Ben Johnson might not be exactly a mad scientist that we thought he was. 
Um, I don't know. I have some issues with Ben Johnson. I know that I'm not the only one. I don't think it's all on him. It's a it's a it's a multitude of things. It's golf. It's Ben Johnson. It's Dan. Um, it's a lot of things. I'm like drops, penalties, like you said, getting behind the sticks. That's that's really where it throws off their game. Um, but I don't know. Do you have anything to say about Ben Johnson? I see him getting a lot of heat online. I'm still team Ben Johnson. I I, I got a lot of faith in the guy. He's 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 got a he's shown a lot of promise. Um, but I do think he's got an area to improve in, and that's the the, predict- the predictability and when to run the ball and pass the ball. That that ratio has got to be a little better. I don't have uh, anything super negative really to say about Ben just yet. Um, just kind of tough for me, kind of with those, like I said, with those penalties. You're really just kind of playing from behind, and it's really tough to get going from that point. So I don't have a, a, a ton wrong with him, but you know, as far as that that rushing stat, you know, it's kind of tough as well. You're talking about you getting stuffed, negative yardage, multiple times, solid all day. But on those third long pass situations, they were also uh, delayed runs, you know, delayed design runs for Jameer Gibbs, who is breaking off long runs to get it to fourth and three, fourth and six. So they were getting a lot of yards on the ground, but always coming up in a long third down to make it uh, a manageable fourth. So a little bit skewed there as well. Um, with the defense dropping back and just kind of playing a prevent, you're stealing some ground yardage. True. That's a very valid point that you bring up. It does kind of skew the, the statistics. Um, yeah, it's behind the sticks all day on offense. Um, like you said, they were getting yards on some of those those long possessions, but, or, um, sorry, what'd you say? Eight penalties. I don't know the yardage, oh. but eight penalties. Yeah, sorry. And it, I just I don't know if you heard that in Discord. I heard a noise, so I, I got a little concerned that something happened. But I think we're good. Um, so apologize for the delay here, shareholders. But it, it just just couldn't get uh, over themselves. Yeah, like you said, eight penalties, and they were behind the sticks. And uh, like you said, a lot of those were getting close on the third and, and fourth down in longs at times. Um, Getting close just never could get over that hump, and you got to give some credit to the the Bears. Of course, their defense much improved uh, with with Sweat in there. Um, Brisker, I think, on the defense had 17 total tackles today. So just and it's from the safety position, by the way. Uh, usually, you're you're talking about a linebacker with those totals. He's a safety getting 17 tackles today. That's impressive. 13 of those solo. Um, so the Bears defense is is certainly. No, as they're a formidable foe. So, you know, like take nothing away from it, but you're a top five, top 10 defense across every facet. If you're the Lions, you got to put up more than 13 points in this one. Uh, that's tough. I, I just think it comes back to what I said from the beginning and it's just not complimentary. Um, and we can talk defense as well because the defense played okay like i said i mean they had they got some sacks today they were dialing up pressure aaron glenn got a little bit better in this one he did adjust in this game after the ugly ugly first drive um there were adjustments made from aaron glenn which is which is uncharacteristic of him so that was nice to see that and uh uh coming in f- to replace tracy walker who got benched in this one not in this one didn't start uh afedi melifanu starting in the safety position so that was interesting for me Obviously, we didn't have Bruce Irvin out there. We didn't have um, Bohana, a couple other guys 
um, not not in here, but Bugs playing. Um, Ali McNeil, obviously on our Bugs, Benito Jones, uh, Kaminsky. Who else? Who am I thinking of? Um, Paschal, Paschal and Okwara. Once again, kind of defensive line by committee, but was liking the pressure that they got. They did finally wrap up on fields there. They did contain him in the second quarter on. Um, I, I still think the the big issue is tackling and lack of pass rush and defensive line. I mean, would have loved to see Chase Young or Montez Sweat out there. Like you said, that that's really what it comes down to. They just some of these guys are playing, and they wouldn't be playing if there was anybody else in that position. No, and you know it's also kind of tough to judge this one as well. They're going up against a not so great offensive line, so probably should have had a little bit more production than they really did there and then you know normally the core of our defense and the strength really all season has been that linebacking group and jake jack campbell had a decent day but alex anzalone really 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 struggled today i don't know if he's on um uh I don't know, baby on the brain or what it may be, uh, you know, or if he's actually still hurting from that injury, but he kind of got the cheap penalty early in the game. But even before that, he was getting tossed around. He had another uh, penalty. I think it was a defensive holding uh, on a route as well against Cole Komet. And, and then there was quite a few times where he just kind of got stuck in quicksand in the middle of the field where Jack Campbell was passing off uh, a route runner to him and he was just no feet moving not moving with this guy and ready to hand it off to somebody else already he just had a really really rough game i i don't know if you saw the the tv cut to the fanzalonis in the stands a few times and they look sad the sad zalonis the fanzalonis yeah that's tough um i don't know i guess i didn't feel the crowd as much in this one Maybe because it's divisional, it just didn't. I didn't hear the "Let's Go Lions." I didn't. I hope that's not that the uh, Honolulu faithful is dying out a little bit here. I I, I would hate to see that. Um, hopefully, get those fans the blue wave right back into it. But yeah, I didn't hear the crowd very much today, uh, and it's not a very far trek for the old Detroiters and Michiganders alike to go over to Chicago. Got an easy train ride to get there. Well, we do got to give a quick shout out. I believe we had a couple shareholders in attendance for this one, actually. So tough. Really? Uh, maybe they may be a bad luck charm for him. I'm not sure. I saw um, one of our dear old friends was at the game. His name shall not be mentioned, but I believe he was cheering for the Bears. On, I saw in his story. So, yeah. GTFO for him. Um this was a guy that once claimed last year he was a he was a Lions fan. All of a sudden, after being a, a Rams fan for most of his life, um, he was cheering for the Lions last year, and now suddenly no longer in the blue faith, Honolulu Blue Faithful. So that's interesting. Um, but I digress. Um, uh, the other thing we've got to talk about is Jerry Jacobs, and uh, not much to talk about other than he got burnt today uh, on that that offsides that was a free play for the bears. Don't know if they were even going to snap that ball, probably going to punt it, um, play conservative Matt Eberflus, Eberflus football, but huge point in that game. Jerry Jacobs, once again on DJ Moore. Um, just don't, I just don't understand 
uh, oh, our boy, you know, he at times looks a little, he looked a little better this year at times, but um, he's not, he's not uh, unaware type, but he's up there and uh, would not be opposed to seeing him off this team in the near future. Well, uh, bell curve has to find its center. I'll, uh, that's how True. it works. So, you know, he probably was playing uh top of the line and, it may just be a mood thing going through the the locker room. Dan said after the game, just wasn't our day several times. I refused to take that as an answer, but it seemed like a lot of the team was unaware of what was going on. They were playing at a much slower speed. As as far as uh, him on the team next season, though, I hope there's some more competition. No offense to Jerry Jacobs. Yeah. I want him to fight and compete for a spot, but I really expect there to be some more competition in that backfield next year. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, he's, he's had to play more because of the Mosley injury. Um, who could forget Mosley? And, you know, so I guess if you're looking at this with big picture, what right, you know, no, no Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out there, no Mosley um, on that defense, two big key members that you sign in the offseason who are not present. And and who's to say what this defense would look like with them playing and what the Lions record would be? I would venture to say it would be better than nine and four. Um, so I guess big picture, like you you got to be you're, you got to be content if you're a Lions fan at nine and four. You're much better than you were last year. You're talking about a playoff run. You're 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 still able to win the North. Um, it just it I don't I don't want to chalk it up as a moral victory, right? Like it, I don't want to start looking at. The, positive straws like that i don't want to have to look at it like that but if i'm forced to you know nine and four is still a very respectable thing and and teams lose all the time like you know there's no undefeated teams in this league um it's a divisional game the bears playing up the bears don't have to tank because they've got the panthers pick so they're basically playing free out there just trying to build something for next year and and so it's a it's a perfect scenario for a loss um but if you're lions next four games you 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 got to straighten it out and and get yourself ready for the playoffs because at this point you're not going to get a you're not going to get a bye you're 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 pretty much erased from that even if the Cowboys win tonight um there's no shot really at the at the one seed so you're going to be playing week 1 in in the uh postseason if you do make the playoffs because nothing's a lock at this point um so I'd like to see them you know four games left you got the short week sort of this week uh, we're playing the Saturday night game against the Broncos um, who, who that defense is really rock solid. So, um, I mean, we'll get more into that on Wednesday, but then you've got the Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. It's, this is a tough stretch, uh, of four games. Um, I don't expect them to win all four. I don't expect them to win three, but you've got to win your divisional games and the Vikings look so bad today. So at the very least, you got to win your two against Minnesota. Um, and, and give yourself something to build on into the playoffs. Uh, you, one and three, zero oh and four, zero oh and four is not going to get it done. One and three, you're you're probably still in the playoffs. But um, give me, show me something here in the last four weeks. Hopefully, can get some guys back from injury. Ragno is really missed. He's kind of the glue to that offensive line. We saw what his impact is today. Panay Sewell even getting false starts today. So, got to get healthy. Got to get Ragno back. Hopefully, CJ's back in the next. I don't know. I think he was flirting around the idea of around Christmas, and uh, James Houston throw his hat into that ring as well. And 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 maybe that that'll be the the missing pieces that gets you over the hump here because right now it just doesn't feel like the Lions make um a playoff run yet alone let alone win a game in the first round. 
Yeah, <clears throat> the tough realistic uh, things we have to look at is right now this team is not good enough to win. Probably first round in the playoffs, honestly. If they get the Rams, or if they get the Rams, they've got a chance, I would say. That's one of the teams they've got a fighting shot against. But if they get the Seahawks again, you know, I really don't see them beating them again. So you you got to push, but they've got to get some more pieces back into this team to even give themselves a shot. Well, and I don't think it's going to be the Seahawks at this point because the Seahawks lose today. Um, and Geno Smith sitting that one out. We'll talk about that one in just a minute, but I don't think it's going to be the Seahawks. I think almost at this point, they're mathematically eliminated with a loss here. Um, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about a Rams game after what I saw today against the Ravens. The Rams go on the road and nearly beat the Ravens in a messy, wet environment, which we thought would totally favor the Ravens. We'll talk about it in just a minute. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but after I saw that, I don't think I want to play the Rams because the Rams might put up 50 against the Lions. We might be talking about a 48-45 game if you're the Lions in that one. I, I don't want to see that. Um, I think your most favorable matchup is the Vikings, for sure, uh, after what they we saw from them today. Obviously, the Lions haven't played them yet. They'll play them again. I don't want to play a team three times but in a row in, the, in such quick succession, but I would choose the Vikings over the Packers or the Rams because at this point, I think it's going to be Packers, Rams, or or Vikings, and maybe an NFC South team sneaks in with with all of them at the same record right now. Saints, Bucks, or Falcons. One of them is going to win that division, and, and one of them could sneak in because they all have to play each other. So um, over the last next next four weeks, so it could be one of them. But I, I think if I had to choose, give me an NFC South team or or the Vikings because I don't want to play the Packers. I don't want to play the Rams, although it would be a fun storyline. Um, but after what I saw today, the Rams look really good. They almost beat. Arguably one of the best teams. I mean, if you want to compare the that game, right? Both of the, the both the Lions and the Rams played played the Ravens in Baltimore, and uh, one of them had a significantly better result. That's all I'll say. Well said. I'm trying to pull up the ESPN playoff machine, but yeah, I think I think the I think the Seahawks are are really really on the outside looking in at this point. I guess they have the same record as the Rams, so maybe they still have a chance, but huh, regardless. Um, what else? What else from this game? Anything, Andrew, before we roll the halftime capsules and get the hell out of here? All right, let's roll that beautiful bean footage. Okay, Lions fans, here we are. I'm at a family function watching one game solely dedicated dedicated to the Lions this week. And boy, do I want to rip my eyes out. I got to watch these guys struggle against the Bears, getting just out-athleticized. I guess that's how we'll phrase it. Good to get points on the board, though. Took the lead before the half. Great to see. Not sure who's getting the ball. I'm listening to an audio list game. I'm not happy, though. Let's turn it around. Defense, get a couple quick stops here. Offense, on the throat, twist. Let's go Lions. Wow, some drawing of the words there at the end of the half. Okwara almost getting into a little bit of a scuffle there. Aaron Glenn says, get your ass back here. Lions up at the half, barely, after a slow, slow start. Sleepy once again, but I'm feeling pretty good. I had a little trifecta going. Lions get the stop, that's one. Lions score right before the half, bleed the clock, that's two. The third, 
of the trifecta to complete it, Lions. I challenge you to score out of the half here. You're getting the ball. That's what I need to see from the Lions. You've, you've had a remarkable turnaround thus far. Andrew might be a little bit of a Debbie Downer here. We're all feeling a little bit down to start this game um, after the ease at which the Bears headed down the field. But I'm feeling better right now, and I'd love to see the Lions get some more turnovers, more pressure, more sacks, more Aiden Hutchins, more Kaminsky, anybody on that defensive line. And let's wrap up. Let's make some tackles, and let's get out of here with a W. Uh, if you if you can hold the Bears to just 10 points here, scoreless in the second half, I'll feel great. Let's go 2-0 in the division or against the Bears. Let's, let's sweep the Bears. Let's go, Lions. All right, we're back. We're back here on the Lions Share Podcast. Let's talk about one last thing before we uh, – we hit week 14 in the NFL, and that is the BAMS player of the week, Andrew. We have not, we have nothing down on the Google document right now, so let's talk about it live in person. Um, one person that I had written down, and it's a, it's my honorable mention from last week, but Jalen Reeves-Maven on defense, uh, once again playing, getting some action on defense, um, was the first player to get to Fields and actually tackle him. Um, after a couple guys struggled to tackle him. Looks like he actually wanted it, and I think that's why I would uh, nominate our board, JRM. Um, but Aiden, with the fresh haircut as well, I'd throw him in there, and Kaminsky, and uh, on offense, Gibbs. Gibbs had a solid day. Yeah, I don't have anybody. Uh, I don't think anybody okay. was really deserving of, the, of it on the day. The only thing I could really come up with was... Uh, the officials and you know their dedication to uh, the off season and their lifting rituals because their arms got a workout this afternoon with the flags flying. And that one was an obvious intentional grounding. We're going to get a, officials. The, the league's going to come out and apologize and say they got that one wrong this week. Spoiler alert. That's what's going to happen. That That's obvious. That's an obvious grounding. You can't tell me that, oh, because he was hit, it impacted the throw. That's the whole point about intentional grounding <laughs> that's it's in the rule book how about anzalone getting jumped on the sidelines and getting uh a flag on him the crazy part about that is because i would almost agree with you he did give him a little toss you know an extra step out of bounds but the flag came in after he got shoved in the back that, that's where yeah. i just i don't understand it no, they threw it because they, they saw what was going on, and it was like, oh, we'll huddle up and figure out what the hell happened. But, yeah, I mean, obviously he's got one foot out on the, on the paint there, so, like, it's by rule that's, you know, it's a late hit. But as a defender, like, uh, the wide receiver, whoever it was for the Bears, um, he's squaring up Anzalone like he's going to make a move on him. That's the issue. Anzalone, it was, you expect Anzalone to look down and see, like, he's got one foot inbounds and one foot out of bounds. Like he's not all the way out of bounds. He's not like your traditional play where you're going to the sidelines and a player's going out of bounds and he's kind of giving himself up and it's like, okay, he's got one foot in the paint, like and yet and then you lay him out. Like that's that's a penalty, right? This was a different situation. Like he's still like looking like he's trying to go downfield. And that's he the tried, issue that he I tried to make a he tried to make an inward cut. If you're trying to make an yes. inward cut towards towards the play of field, he obviously thinks that he is himself is still in bounds. So Anzalone is playing off of his movements. You're 100% right. He gives them a toss out of bounds. I'm cool with that. You let him walk away with that. It's it's totally fine. You're playing the game. He gets jumped by an entire bench and then gets called for a penalty on him. It made no sense to me. Yeah, it was, it was BS. Um, Lions definitely didn't win in that department. Obviously, a lot of those penalties were justified and, and, and true, but there were a couple that were not. And the intentional grounding, that one, 
Um, definitely in the favor of the Bears today. The other thing that was in the favor of the Bears, and this will be the last thing that we talk about, is Adam Amon. I know, Andrew, you didn't have the audio for this game. So um, yeah, it's probably for the best that you didn't. But Adam Amon, like pretty good broadcaster, but I found myself realizing, I'm like, man, he's, he feel like he's getting his energies up when he's talking about the Bears. And so I did a little searching, and I realized that he is the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, that is, the Chicago Bulls play-by-play guy, and he was born and raised in Chicago. Can we get this guy to not call Lions games in Chicago? Like, what are we doing, Fox? I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's a hot topic in the political field, so we won't get too deep into it, but this media trying to sway you one way with their media biases, and you know, they'll never be the first ones to admit where he's from or his his fandom so you just watch out for that mainstream folks heard that yeah born and raised in chicago and he's calling bears games on a neutral network like and i googled or i went on twitter x and searched it and i saw chicago bears fans saying how great he was doing and that's just that's proof right there that's all you need like like and and i'm not gonna go into nope nope nfl week 14 let's get out of here records recaps not a good week for any of us. I'm six and six. Mitch from Fort Wayne, five and seven. Andrew, five and seven. The baloney slinger um, sits in, 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 in at five and seven. Yes, you have got your hand raised. Let me say one thing, alas, before we move on. If Ugh. our records here are any indication of what's going on and the Lions game, it was a fluky week in the NFL because we know how to call these games, shareholders. We know what's going on. We're educated-ish. Some of us finished college. All yeah, of us. and all of us um, graduates. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're obviously the number one sports podcast for a reason. And so, look, you know, like some of these games, you know, maybe we're just throwing away some of these games, like the Lions are. Maybe, maybe it's a reflection of what the Lions are giving us on the field, and that's kind of we're giving. You know, we're not giving it all. Our, all giving it our all here in the podcast realm as well i mean maybe that's maybe that's, maybe that's it um but regardless you know we're, we're still true and tried with uh, the sporting news guys so i think we're barometer wise we're pretty good and and that's why you come to us each and every week for your nfl and lions news folks so shareholders you know you, this is the place this 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 is the only stop um so our, our our records going into sunday night football and the two monday night matchups mitch Still a lead dog at 133 and 74. I'm at 133 and 74. Got a game on him this week. We're knotted, knotted up at the top. And then Andrew, 118 and 89. Still under 100 losses for you. Still doing better than you. We're both better than we were last year. So that's what it all comes down to for me. It's an improvement. Um, Thursday night, I would like to take this game because I've got something to talk about in this one. So I know it's, your name's listed here, but I will talk about it. Patriots, Steelers, Thursday night. Um, an ugly one. We, we all had the Steelers really thought that this was going to go. Otherwise, this is my B team. The Steelers coming in this one, seven and five. Like you, all you got to do is win your easy matchups and you're in the playoffs. Like if you're the, if you're the Steelers, that's all you have to do. So similarly with the Lions, it's like, come on, you just got to win these games. Like these are the ones you win and you can't go two two losses in a row at home if you're the Steelers. And that's what they did. But I want to talk about the TJ Watt injury, which was a concussion. Um, I don't know if you watched this game, heard anything about this, but I got into a YouTube video last night. Um, TJ Watt, first play of the game, takes a knee to the head. That reverb, that recoil, he's got a concussion. They don't mention it. They don't take him to the blue tent. You see him on the sidelines wincing, doing the eye thing, like he's sensitive to light. They, they hit him with um, smelling salts. 
They put him back into the game after the smelling salts. Second quarter, he comes out with a dark visor. And now it's coming out that, yep, he played that game concussed. So here comes the investigation. And uh, yeah, and it it was most surprising to me was the fact that the independent Nero guy, who's usually, you know, he's unbiased, right? It's not like the Steelers were trying to put him out there um, over, you know, over, over player safety. Like the independent Nero job is to not take bias and to tell the people he's concussed, he can't play. Odzies from uh from Pittsburgh. <laughs> they're they're up there. About the same odds as Adam Amon being from Chicago. I can only imagine they were recruiting from a, a pool of people from Pittsburgh. So I think that's the whole point though. You're not supposed to like there's the league appoints these people. I think it's like a judge. Yeah, my point is that uh, TJ Watt is everything to that city and they need him to win games. Well, and and maybe maybe it's on the NFL here. Maybe Goodell's calling down to that Nero guy, going, "Look, nobody's watching this dog shit matchup between the Patriots and the Steelers. We already had to hype this up with something because we don't even know who the quarterback is half the time for the Patriots. We can't have the best player on both sides of the ball <laughs> out of the game the first play. If people see that TJ Watts out the first play, they're tuning off. If they already aren't tuning out already, they're already out, they're out right there. So maybe that's what it was." I don't know. That that injury, that kick to the jaw was pretty brutal. And the longtime Lion mentioned it to me today as well. He said, he, you know, when it happened, he got up, was stumbly, wandered to the sidelines, got some help. And then, like you're saying, you could see it just watching on TV as an outside viewer. We all could tell, <laughs> you know, something wasn't right. And it's just kind of comical when the NFL decides to get things right. And then, like, the obvious situation, they always somehow fumble. Yeah, usually they're pretty spot on with these. Like, they don't, they take all sides of caution, I err on all sides of caution. And this one, they just straight up didn't. And uh, I think it's got to be something to deal with that. I, I, I don't know. It's rigged. Um, Buccaneers, Falcons. Um, who cares? Do we yeah, agree here? Honestly, I mean, I, was, I just looked up the score. Salt was 29 25. Bucks won it pretty pumped it's one of my few wins this week but honestly i didn't get a ton of football watching in this week and i really didn't see any of this game i did uh desmond ritter start and did he get hurt i see well that's a great question that you bring up uh i believe desmond ritter did start in this one however i don't know if he got hurt um saw more of the first half in this one via red zone um yeah res ritter was the only passer today so he he played and he didn't get replaced um i don't know um for me it was that the both these teams are pretty bad six and seven both these teams after today and um it was your classic nfc south game where it was back and forth and uh tampa bay just wanted a little bit more i guess i don't know um these games could go either way any of them saints bucks falcons one of those three teams is going to win this division and it could go any three ways for sure. Yeah. I, whatever. It's, it's exactly like you said, a whatever game this week that, uh, that division is brutal, but you know, might get to see some more of them. So maybe we need to keep a closer eye on these games. Uh, yeah, if you want to, that's true. Yeah. Roll into Rams at Ravens already kind of touched on it. Real ugly weather. Uh, did you have something else to say about this one? So you mentioned, you know, some questions about our, our ability to pick games. 
Well, there's no question in our ability to pick the weather because we were spot on with the weather this week on all of these games. This one, most importantly, a soaker, as we mentioned, um, really thought that that would favor the Ravens. I thought this game would potentially get out of hand. I thought it'd be lower scoring with the weather. Um, It was not. It was high scoring, and it was much closer than I ever thought it would be. Um, It went into overtime, ended on a punt return touchdown from for the right for the Ravens. This one totally could have gone either way. Excuse me, I'm getting choked up. It was so emotional of a game. Um, but the 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 Ravens had to come back in this one. Uh, it looked like maybe the Rams were going to take this one before regulation was even over. Um, but the last throw that I saw from Lamar to uh, to get him in the end zone, he had a nice little shifty play and 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 then a toss to the end zone. It was it was a moment where it made me say, "Wow." So. I don't know. I think that I have written down um, from Wednesday's show, Ravens win. Sorry, Stafford, but you're still going to make the playoffs with a loss here. And I think that's what it is. Um, The Rams have just had a really, really, really tough schedule this year. And it's unfortunate they've had to play the teams they have. And this is one of those games where they're just on the the losing side. But um, man, if they can just win three out of four here down the stretch, they're going to be in the playoffs. So um, and maybe maybe they only need two of those, honestly. But three will probably get you in if you're in the NFC. And I think this team does make the playoffs. Speaking of a team that's not going to make the playoffs, uh, Colts riding high and absolutely stumble, bumbled, and dropped the bag this week. Jake Browning looking like he may actually, actually be something, uh, potentially the best backup in the league, taking Cooper Rush's coveted title right now. Um, yeah, what do you have to say? The Bengals are still alive after this big-time win. Um, it was in home for them. But, I mean, realistically, this is a close matchup for the two. I, the Colts had a pick six in this one. I don't know how many games the Colts have had a pick six in it, but it seems like every time I flip to red zone on commercial breaks for the Lions, I'm seeing a pick six from the Colts every week. And here it was again. I thought uh, I thought they were a little bit hotter, and I felt like – I. I, I I waffled on this one. I had Bengals and I took the Colts in this one. Unfortunately, I wanted to go Bengals though. I just something about the Colts. I felt like they were getting way too much praise. There was talks about their coach being in the coach of the year department. That's absurd. The Colts are not as good as their record indicated. Uh, I know it's easier for me to say that now after a loss, but um, I'm just kicking myself that I didn't take the Bengals because I just had that in my gut. Uh, but you're right. Jake Browning. I mean, what can you say about that? I, I think everybody wrote off the Bengals after Burrow went down, and here they are, six, seven and six, and with the Steelers' loss this week, knotted up with the same records. Um, and the Browns, unfortunately, won. But but if you're the Bengals, you're very much in the hunt still. And uh, yeah, I guess that's why you get good backups right there, because otherwise your season was over. Yeah, that's. I mean. We've got Teddy. Haven't needed to see him. We've got Hendon. I know you wanted to see a little bit of Hendon at the end of this game. I, I kind of wanted to see Bridgewater at the end of this game. You know, we were pretty much out of it. I just wanted to see reps at that point, but I digress when it comes to that. Uh, but, I mean, that is, you're absolutely right. Shows you the sheer importance of having a decent backup, and he's going to get paid for a long time because of these last two weeks, so... Yep. Good on him. Um, that takes us to was it in Duval or Cleveland? I think Ooh, we were I, in, I see Cleveland. I think we were in Cleveland, and Cleveland's gonna take the crown. I can't believe the Jags 
hung in this game as much as they did. But, um, you know, they're kind of, we've said in lockstep with the Lions, and here they are with a loss. Yep, 8-5 and five in, a, in a much more competitive AFC. Same record as the Browns now after this game. Um, Joe Flacco with three touchdowns today. Evan Ingram had a big day if you're uh, a tight end player in the fantasy world. He had two touchdowns and almost 100 in the air for Ingram. So good day for him. Was kind of surprised they trotted out Trevor Lawrence in this one, but he looked okay enough to play, I guess. 31-27, the Browns get it done over the Jags. Uh, Browns very much alive in the playoff hunt as well, 8-5. and five. Um, Looking like Flacco might have one more crack at, an, at a Super Bowl. I'm glad you brought him up. I completely forgot about it. I think he, what, three touchdowns, 311 yards, something like that today. Uh, it's pretty sad when Joey Flack comes from free agency sitting on his couch, and he has a better day than Jared Goff. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't have the QB ratings in front of me, but QB rating for Jared was 54. So, yeah, I'm going to guess that uh, Flacco's was higher, even with the uh, one interception that he did have. I'm sure it was higher. Um, Panthers, Saints, let's go to another ugly one. NFC South, Saints get it done. The Panthers are just... Uh, the Panthers are... Uh, yeah, the the Lions win over them. Looks even worse now because I think they gave up 24 points to this team. So, um, obviously, some of those were in garbage time. But they only get six against the Saints here. Three, three and three, uh, two field goals. They're one and 12. We mentioned it in prior episodes. But Panthers may not win another game. Yeah, let me uh, be the first to say thank you, Saints. Uh, I kind of caught a little bit of flack from this one uh, going into it on the day. And this is the only time I can say I'm proud to have picked the New Orleans Saints. And other than that, uh, that's about all the garbage I have to say about this matchup. It was that bad. Moving on to the next one in New York. Uh, the New York Jets absolutely packed a live warhead for this game and detonated it on C.J. Stroud's body. What was the official injury, though? Because he was thriving. Or... Concussion. Okay, yeah. He was rolling around in pain. It didn't look good. I thought it was the whole body. Yeah, and if you look at the score, thirty to six, you might have thought that happened in the first quarter, but no. I think it was later in the game, and the Texans got blanked in the first half. They only scored six in the third quarter, six all day. Um, oh boy, I didn't have this one coming. I, I thought Zach Wilson back at the helm. I didn't know what he would do, but he looked fresh out there. He looked good. Uh, looked like he was just playing loose, like he didn't have a care in the world whether he had a starting job or not. And and that's a recipe for. For good things, I guess, if you're Zach Wilson and the Jets, they put up 30 points today. Uh, Brees Hall with a big a big day. And uh, the defense for the Jets, once again, reigns supreme. Uh, the, kind of a kind of a comeback-to-earth game for the Texans here. Yeah, and luckily, you know, they're kind of playing with house money at this point. This was a really just a throwaway season for them. The, the tough part is C.J. Stroud there. That's the one thing that can't happen. They lose Tank Dell last week. And roll into C.J. Stroud this week. These are these are big injuries that will derail their entire franchise's turnaround. So um, all the best to those two. Um, and and they lost. Uh, is it Nico Collins for the the ex Michigan Wolverines that plays for the Texans? Um, uh, yeah, it was Nico Collins there. So they lost their their leading wide receiver in this one as well. So. 
a double a double negative if you're a Texans fan. Um, and and the bigger thing is, even though he was concussed and and injured in this one, unfortunately, like he didn't look good before that either. So you've, I don't know, maybe just maybe just a fluke game for for CJ, but could be a big thing down the stretch um, on a team that was gonna, you know, we thought was heading towards the playoffs, but now it's seven and six. Uh, it's a tough road. But a road, nonetheless, they still have a path to make it. Um, just got tougher like the like it did for the Lions today. So we will say that hope is still alive. We'll move into Vikings in Las Vegas taking on the Raiders today. And this looked like a Vikings game from last year uh, where they're winning one possession games. Somehow they were able to make one last drive uh, with two minutes left in regulation to get themselves in a field goal range and win this. Um, ben Dobbs got benched. I didn't see him get benched. When did he get benched? When did he officially get sat down? Do you remember? Late in the fourth quarter. So he didn't make that last drive? I'm confirming that right now because now you got my questions up. But um, I believe that's the case. They brought in none, none other than Nick Mullins. All right. De- definitely double check it. I swear I saw him on that final drive, get him down within to like the 15 or so. So uh, just double check it for me. But, you know, this one double hurt. Bears win. Pack got a win. Lions get a loss. And now the Vikes get a dub. Yeah, all everybody in the NFC North won this week except for the Lions. Not a good recipe on trying to become kings of the North. Uh, no, that was Nick Mullins for sure. Yeah. Okay, was, I'm they, glad. I'm glad Kevin, you did. Ke- Kevin O'Connell was looking for any kind of spark. He took him down 13 plays, 56 yards to get that field goal. Okay, stock up on the yeah. astronaut then. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got to presumably the the Vikings will go with Mullins from now on. Out, I guess I don't know. I don't think you go back to Dobbs after that confidence crusher. Uh, he struggled the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I don't know, uh, but I will say this: it was three nothing. Three nothing was your final in this one. One of the lowest scoring games in NFL history, of course. Almost went to overtime. Zero zero would have been the first ever to do that. Was kind of hoping that would happen. Justin Jefferson hurt again in this one. And a classic Las Vegas situation: the Vikings' offensive coordinator got a, got a driving while intoxicated uh, a day or two before this game. Um, so maybe that's why the offense struggled. I don't know. But yes, Dobbs did get benched. And I last thing I've got about this is if the Lions play Minnesota in the playoffs, and I swear to God, if they lose to Nick fucking Mullins, I will. I I may not record that podcast if they lose to Nick Mullins in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I think I might actually be out. I was almost going to be a no-show today. But um, in, in real news, do we have a BAC um, from this guy? Ooh, ooh, That's, no. Tommy, Tommy might have to look that up. I'm, I'm hoping he was real, real drunk. Make it worth it, buddy. Ooh, all right. I've got your number right now. Are you ready? I'm ready for it. What's the legal limit again? Uh, I think it's 0. .08. 0. .08, that sounds about right. Should be 0. .16 if you're asking me, though. <laughs> That's the super drunk. Uh, yeah, Wes Phillips. Arrested and charged while driving impaired Friday night uh, at approximately 10 p.m. Uh, and Phil blew a dump da 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 .08. Man, almost <laughs> almost got it. Almost beat it. Man, oh, man one more man. drink of water, he would have had it. 
Oh, he just needed to sit there for 15 more minutes, needed just a one more story to tell to a bud before he hit the road. That's a tough look. Hopefully he at least had yep. a seatbelt on. <laughs> True. And I, 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 bad reporting by me. I thought this happened in Vegas because I thought it happened closer to the game, but I guess it was actually uh, in Minnesota. So this happened before they traveled. So, But he did travel with the team and was, was in it. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Seahawks, 49ers. This was uh, thought to be a good game at one point uh, until Geno Smith sits out. But actually, the uh, the Seahawks put up quite a bit of a fight in this one, surprisingly. Um, they, but they do lose to the 49ers Literally. here. 28-16. to 16. And yeah, there were some fights in this one. DK Metcalf, one of the ones that did get ejected in this one. Yeah, I'm sorry. What was that final score again, this one again? 49ers, 28. Seahawks, 16. Okay, yeah. What was the official diagnosis on Gino? What is it like his entire right side of his body again? It's the old groin region. Oh, God, it traveled further south because uh, a couple weeks ago he had kind of gotten taken down hard on his throwing shoulder. I thought that was that acting up again. No, um, not sure. Not sure if this is a prolonged thing. I know he was dealing, they were saying he de- dealt with it this week during practice, but I guess. Um, it was kind of a surprise, though. It was a late scratch. It was it was a couple hours before kick that they came out with that breaking news, and I don't know. I was surprised that um, Drew Locke was able to get as much production he was, and uh, against the 49ers defense that is, you know, arguably one of the best in the league. Forgot to mention one thing from the Vikings game. Pretty big implications for a lot of people. Justin Jefferson looked good, took a shot. I think it was officially a chest injury. I thought yes. it was be back. But I think officially chest and knee left for the day pretty early on. So they, they won this another game without Justin Jefferson. People may start asking, are they better without him? <laughs> true, true, true. Um, yeah, uh, you're throwing me off. I almost said something about the Raiders there. That was the previous game. But uh, the 49ers, 10-3, and three, and I believe, I don't think they clinch today. Because of the Vikings' win, I think they didn't clinch, but um, the Vikings are very, very, very close to clinching a playoff berth, and so are the Eagles. Lions, we were hoping. We'll get to the Eagles here. Actually, I'll just wait till we get there. Um, We'll move on to probably, uh, thus far, our game of the week as of right now, 9 o'clock. Bills at Chiefs. Final 2017. Bills win it. Um, And Patrick Mahomes. Not happy after this game. He was, uh, I, Ben, I don't know if what you read into it. I think it said our offense uh, is not good. I think that's how he phrased it. I think, yeah, I think that's exactly how he phrased it. Our offense is not very good, sir. Yeah, um, I, I think that's exactly it. Um, both teams tried really hard. We just need to try harder, I think is what he said. Yeah, that sounds like a Patrick Mahomes quote after this game. For sure, he didn't look any angrier than that. The other note I see you have, dude, probably one of the sickest plays that I want, the Laporta and JMO connection to what I was talking about was that rugby-style play, and it was wide open. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised they did it at that point in the game um, because Kelsey already had a pretty hefty gain on that play, and you didn't need to score that quickly i mean i think there's still like a minute 18 on the clock would have left the bills with a lot of time on the on the board so it's hard to say what the bills would have done that could have still been a bills victory but 
um yeah that was that was beautiful um that had to be an andy reed special there's no way matt nagy came up with that um but Kadarius tony lines up offsides and this is week after week and i think romo's quote was something like uh these chiefs wide receivers just continue to blow it for the offense or whatever he said it's just week after week even indirectly here you know a lot of times it's drops and mismanagement by the wide receivers but here it is lining up straight up in the neutral zone i mean am i crazy should that i i I could be just totally wrong on this why wasn't that play blown dead i i guess it's not a pre-snap like a false start it's just it's similar to uh an illegal motion or um formation uh, what's illegal formation yeah because the play goes on still i i guess and, okay, and I guess conversely on de- on defense, like if you line up in the neutral zone, like we've seen before. I mean, uh, unaware I did it last year, just straight up looking down the line. He's he's offside. The play still goes on um, unless it's unabated to the quarterback and and on defense. So I guess unless you're like at the linebacker level on offense, they're not going to blow it dead. I guess if you're in that neutral zone, I guess that's where it lies. So if you're past the neutral zone, plays dead. If not, play goes on. Well, this one all. This one got me because I saw the flag and I was <laughs> I was on mute uh, for the for the volume there, so I thought that like Kelsey had seen this flag, so it was kind of like screw it, free play, right? And, and yeah. flipped it to him, and then when they came back, you know, they give the sign, and I'm like, guy, he just pointed the wrong way. I think he screwed up. Yes. <laughs> he didn't put the points on the board, and man, that is, I I thought they were gonna blow it dead. That's when I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I saw, I heard him say offsides, and I was like, oh, defense, and he said offense, and I was like, oh, I what did he say it wrong? And then. Then I, Romo or somebody said or Nance said, I don't know, said lined up in the lined up off and Kadarius Tony is pretty close to the line too. He's not extended, he's not out wide. He's he's close enough that he can see where he's at. Um, Mitch, third member of the show, said I gotta believe that he's got money on these games at this point. He's he thinks he's a gambler, thinks he's a, um, a Calvin Ridley situation going on there. To be fair, to be. fair totally fair and i know a lot of lions fans can back me up out there i don't know how many times i've seen a defensive nose tackle line up over top of a ball so i gotta give yes. tony a little bit of credit he's farther away from those guys who can't do it right true 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 very well very well sir um but yeah i mean are the chiefs in trouble like what they're eight and five now matt nagy that offense really struggling you're the bills here good for the bills the bills very much alive in the playoffs uh thought they would 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 lose this game and ultimately lose their hopes but the chiefs man the chiefs are in trouble probably more than the lions right i would definitely say more than the lions just because um what did we say at the beginning of the year right it's everybody's super bowl these are the reigning super bowl champs you've got a target painted on your back when you're a good team you're the target. Teams want to beat you. Um, so if for those reasons, I would say they are probably in the most hot water. They're going to have the most attention on them. They're, every time something goes wrong, they're going to have a microscope, uh, microscope over top of them. And then on top of that, they're going to get every, every team's best effort. You know, it, you know, there might be a team that's out of playoff contention at this point. They're still going to give the Chiefs their best game. Because everybody on the, that field is a competitor. 
see here on the um, ESPN post game page, um, Andy Reid, Mahomes sound off on officiating and Chiefs losses. Chiefs loss. Um, you know, I would feel bad for them. However, the Chiefs get every call in the world. So this is about time that the, the bar shifts the other way. Look, I'm a, I'm a Chiefs fan. I love Andy Reid. Love Candy Andy. Love the hamburgers. Love everything about Andy Reid. I like Patrick Mahomes, too. Very likable guy. Uh, I don't have anything really negative to say about Mahomes. But, I mean, come on. You, you're the Chiefs. You've gotten so many calls. I know last week they got the P.I. That wasn't a P.I. But right before that, they got a call in their favor. Like, if you're the Chiefs, if we take it all a big picture, the Chiefs have gotten way more calls than they've lost calls. Completely agree. I, I mean, not only that, but they get the sympathy from the media as well. So, yeah, I just I could really care less. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a classic situation. People don't like the Chiefs anymore. The media loves the Chiefs. It's uh, it's the product of being so good, right? The Chiefs win a couple. Of, people like the Chiefs. They win a couple of Super Bowls. They don't like them. It's like the Golden Golden State Warriors in basketball. Everybody's like, oh, Steph Curry, and then they, and then they win a couple, and everybody's like, man, I don't want to see the Warriors again. It's it's that, and I don't think. I mean, I don't think we'll see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Don't have them. Didn't have them in my Super Bowl, and uh, you certainly didn't either. I don't think. Definitely not. I think I had a couple bad teams that aren't going to make the playoffs in my Super Bowl. So, boo on me. But I, I think the Chiefs are at their uh, Steph Curry mouth guard phase right now. Phase right now. Ah, uh, nice, nice tie-in. You had a couple basketball NBA references in this episode. This is two for two. Didn't have either of those on my bingo card. Apparently, um, the in-season tournaments are working. The buzz yeah. is brewing around the NBA. But no, uh, Detroit fans and, and Detroit sports fans can probably sympathize with me right now. The only reason I've got the NBA on the brain is just how atrocious the Detroit Pistons actually are. Yeah, and Jaden Ivey, what did I see today or yesterday? Something about he's had eight ankle sprains since joining the league like a year or two ago. I'm like, my God, dude. Wear some high tops, get some ankle braces. Some, what's going on there? Uh, poor, Replace poor Cade Cunningham. With steel rods. Something. Poor Cade Cunningham is out there trying to trying to win games for the Pistons, and they just can't. And I looked ahead at their schedule, and I don't know. I they're two and twenty at this point, I believe. Uh, and the next couple games, not against teams that are very beatable. Um, so Pistons could very well be at the lowest record ever. They're on pace right now, winning percentage wise. This would be they're on pace for the lowest ever. To beat out the, I think it was the Charlotte Bobcats from 2013 or something like that. Yeah, not good, not I, good. But the Red, but the Red Wings look okay. Red Wings are 14 and seven, I think, is what I saw. So, hey, we got something in Detroit. Yeah, I think they went and signed uh, Patrick Kane too. So, yes. huge signing for them, and they are, uh, you know, weren't really expected to do a, a ton, ton middle of the road team. I'm assuming is where they were supposed to finish, and they're starting to look like a wagon early. So hopefully, you know, ticket prices on the rise. Yeah, stocks going up. All right, last game before we get out of here. Broncos Chargers. Herbert leaves this one with a finger injury. He might just sit out the rest of the year, Caleb Williams style in this one. Um, but now I don't know. Maybe Brandon Staley doesn't get fired because, well, he can say Herbert got hurt. And uh, they lose today against the Broncos. Chargers season for sure over at this point. They sit at five and eight. They're done. They're not eliminated, but they're done. Um, in our department and uh, the Broncos now above 576, 24 to seven over the chargers. And of course, Broncos come into town next week before the lions. This, uh, this will be the team that the lions got to face and, and a team over 500 here, big test for the lions next Saturday. 
I don't I don't get it. I think Brandon Staley's chair is made out of flame resistant material. Uh, but I think um, after the season, the office is going to be getting new office chairs, new materials in them, and then there's going to be a mysterious office fire, um, and it's going to sweep through the entire building. <laughs> okay, I'm not really sure what any of that means, but uh, if that happens. I will pay you a big, large sum of money. Let's say that. It means that uh, Staley hasn't been fired, should be, and will be fired in the offseason, and they're going to clear house. I think so. I think so. Um, might be talking about Kellen Moore being that offensive coordinator, jump to head coach. Eagles, Cowboys currently in action. We've got the Cowboys to up 10 nothing early, end of the first quarter. Mitch said in our group chat, um, he believes the 49ers are the only team that he has faith in right now. He doesn't believe that the Cowboys are good because they haven't beat a 500 team. And I said they are gonna they're gonna win tonight, and that's gonna change today. Um, but we'll see. We'll we'll recap what happens tonight, and then of course two two games on Monday Night Football to, today slash tonight slash tomorrow um, with the uh, with the also important game that is the Packers at the Giants. Um, Hopefully, super windy. Uh, I did see uh, Christian Watson going to be out for the Packers in this in this uh, Monday night matchup. Well, hopefully, they can make me crow for what I said earlier in the game, uh, podcast. Then with the pack getting a win, I guess I was a little preemptive on it. Uh, so hopefully, yeah. yeah, make me wrong. Make me sweat. Make me water. Make me lose my mind. Make me get a Lions victory and a Packers loss. Um, last thing, closing time, landing this plane. That is the Lion share podcast. Bye bye. Barry finally got to watching it on prime. Really rock solid documentary. Loved it. Shareholders who haven't watched it, go out and see it. It's pretty good. If you got an hour and 31 minutes to kill, check it out. All right. Next week, Andrew, any final thoughts? I just want to hear your voice some more. Well, count your moments. Cause we're ticking on the time. Next episode. Next next episode. Next episode will be. Oh, hold on! Breaking news: Andrew's jumping up and down. Something must have happened in Sunday Night Football. We've got a punt blocked. Is that what I'm seeing? Punt return. Tell me. Tell me. Oh, you're not watching. Okay, yeah, they took a lot uh, play out of the Lions book from early in the season. Uh, Fake pa- uh, punt. I'm assuming Jake Elliott. Is their punter as well? He had the toss. No. no, he's not. Well, whoever their punter is, fake fake punt pass. Great play up to sideline. Wow, okay. And then they go DeAndre Swift, left tackle for negative four yards. So now they're at second and 14. Chill out, Rob. Not there yet. My bra, my be the ESPN Gamecast way ahead of you. Let's go, Lions. We'll talk to you all on Wednesday. Uh... No victory Monday this week. It sucks. We all got to deal with it. We're all going through it right now. We're sad. It was a bad day. It was a sad day. Let's go Lions. Short week. See you Wednesday. Greatest five stars. <laughs>